So this is Peace, welcome to Christmas, and this series is called Missing Peace. And if you could, uh, for those who, maybe you can see this online, I'm not sure if you're here, you probably see this. There's a nativity uh, set we have here, a silhouette on stage, and it's missing something very important. It's missing Jesus. And we did that intentionally. In fact, uh, Sean and Shanna, members of our, of our church, Sean is an elder, they have a, this great company who can actually make this kind of stuff. And I said, hey, could you, uh, could you please make a nativity silhouette? And cut it out, and, but just leave out Jesus. They're like, what? Trust me, leave out Jesus. And so they didn't even make Jesus. So uh, the reason why we did this is to show that sometimes we approach Christmas with all the other distractions, deadlines, and details. We get so, so consumed with Christmas and all the other things of Christmas that we have the most important piece missing out of our lives. In fact, you can almost say, you, if you could picture Christmas almost like a, like a puzzle. Okay? In fact, I have a graphic here I can show you uh, this. On this puzzle, you'll see uh, Christmas, if you consider it like a puzzle, and in this middle piece is missing right there where Jesus would go. And missing piece. And when we have this missing piece, we have no peace. We have no peace. In fact, many people go throughout their lives not only missing the, the most important piece um, here with, at Christmas, but also throughout their entire lives, they miss out on Jesus, the most important piece of their lives. And they, they have no peace. There are a lot of people in this world, they just don't have peace. And I would dare to say that many Christians... And I've been in these, uh, in these seasons of my life as well. When things are just going against you and you're being rattled, that you just seem like you have no peace. And that's when you need to break it all down, forget about everything else, and go to that middle centerpiece, the centerpiece of your life, which should be Jesus. Now, what does that peace look like? That piece uh, that we see here in John 14, 27, this is not our main passage of scripture, but in John 14, 7, it says, uh, Jesus says this, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. So Jesus is saying, look, my peace is not of this world. I'm gonna give you my peace, not just any peace, not the world's peace, my peace. And so this is at the end, I mean, this is the Last Supper. At the end of the time when the disciples were walking with Jesus, they saw Jesus could have been rattled with many things going on in the life. Whether it had been storms, or maybe people crowding in, invading his space, or maybe friends betraying him, or him being falsely accused. And they have all kinds of examples where Jesus could have been rattled so much that he did not have peace, but he did have peace even with the storms of life. And so Jesus is saying, look, you've seen my peace. I'm going to give you my peace, not the peace of the world. Because the peace of the world is when everything's going great. Everything's going awesome. You have your job, okay? You hit your, 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 your truck is paid for, right? And, uh, and you got your health, and you got great friends, and, and so many great things are going on. And that's worldly peace. But the Jesus peace that he offers, not just to the disciples, but to us as well, through the power of the Holy Spirit, that Jesus' peace is when things aren't going great. 
Last week, we talked about the storms of Christmas. We even visited the, the scene where Jesus and the disciples are on a boat, and Jesus is asleep, and the storm is raging, and Jesus is fine. He had peace. But the, the disciples did not have peace. In fact, there were two storms that day, one on the outside of the boat, one on the inside of the boat, in their hearts, in their minds. They did not know what to do, what was going to happen with them. And so we, um, we saw how Jesus calmed the storm, but we also saw how Mary handled the distractions and the storm in her life. And we see Mary, and we also see Jesus do a couple of things here. Trust in the storm. Mary trusts in the storm that was happening when she got the call from the angel, Gabriel. She also worshiped. She wrote a song in the middle of her storm, Mary. And then also we see just be content in the middle of the storm. When things are going right, when you're losing things left and right, just be content with what you have and know that you can trust in the one who's in the middle of the storm, the centerpiece in our lives. So storms do not bring peace, okay? They don't. But Jesus can bring us peace in the middle of the storm. Another obstacle we're going to talk about today is when our plans change. <laughs> when plans change, it just doesn't bring us peace. Uh, uh, we don't like this. And I'm telling you right now, your pastor doesn't like this one bit at all. Uh, you know why? Because I love making plans. I do. I just, I love making plans. I, I love when things go well based on the things that I planned. Last week, God gave us an incredible, awesome illustration in real time. Last week, as we, we had, uh, we lost power on, on our stage, and we had to uh, sort of uh, punt a little bit, and uh, we ended up having uh, the, the service, but it was just the message part. But I believe that message was able to speak to so many people, including myself, we didn't have the worship part either, but I was back, backstage uh, before I went on. I was like, okay, Jesus, I need your peace. I need your peace in the middle of the storm. And then when I went home later on, I was like, okay, Jesus, how could I have handled that better? Because <laughs> when it first happened, I was like, are you kidding me? Really? God, I, we have planned all this stuff. The, the musicians planned. I mean, all of this we rehearsed. Everything, and everything should go well. And this happened. But God, how could I have handled that differently? Have you ever had plans change? Have you ever had, you planned something and things just didn't go right? Okay? I, there's all kinds of videos if you can find them. They're pretty easy to find. Where they're beautiful weddings and just something bad happens in the middle of a wedding, right? The, the groom will, will faint, you know, or something catches on fire, you know, or the bride, you know, uh, falls into, you know, some water, a koi pond or something. I mean, just something. Something incredibly bad could happen. And you plan and you plan and you plan and just something goes wrong. It could be some little things. It could be simple things. Like, say if you plan, oh, I want some ice cream from McDonald's. And you go to McDonald's. I love their ice cream. You go to McDonald's, and you go to the drive-thru, and you wait in line, and you go up to the drive-thru, and you say, I want some ice cream. And what do they say? The ice, the ice cream machine is broken, right? You've experienced that, right? You planned to have ice cream, but the ice cream machine is broken. It's broken. And it ruins your day. 
It ruins your whole day. You're like, really? <laughs> of course, there's people in other countries and even around us that could barely eat. And you're, you know, it, it's easy to be frustrated about plans that have been changed. You could even be someone who has already bought tickets to the college football playoffs, but because your team isn't going, you have to sell that. Did I, is that two weeks in a row that I'm saying that? Okay, so, sorry. Um, it, but it could be, it could be some, something even more serious. More serious. And there are people in this room who, who have faced this, and there are people watching online who have faced this. Many people face this. It could be a loved one who's, who's passed, even specifically a spouse who's passed away unexpectedly. And you and your spouse have had plans. You created plans, a lifetime of plans. But it just didn't go, go that way because God had a different plan. We had some really good friends, very good friends, um, in Cartersville not long ago where the, uh, where the husband and the two boys uh, lost a mom and lost a lost a wife way, way, way too soon. And uh, this is their first Christmas without her. And, um, but how do we, how do we go on when things rattle us? How do, how do we go on when our plans change? Well, did Jesus ever have to face that? Let's look to see how Jesus faced that. Was there ever a time when, when the plans changed in front of Jesus? Now, we can get into a really big theological debate on this. Some people may say, well, Jesus knew exactly what, every, what was going to happen every moment of the day. I mean, he just, he just knew because he was 100% God and he was 100% man. And we could say that. Absolutely. There are some who would say, well, Jesus, because he was 100% man too, is, is that he, he, he rolled with it. Like he was going to do something and then something else came in about. And he said, well, I, I feel like I need to do this. And then he just accepted it. Now, whether you, you believe either one of those, it, that doesn't really matter. But we do know in Scripture, and there's one story in particular we're going to look at today, where I feel like Jesus, he was, he was doing something, he was on his way to do something, and then something else happened. That, um, you look at Scripture, you're thinking, okay, did Jesus really know this was going to happen? Whether, whether he did or not, we do know there was a change of plans. And it was about the... Um, the situation where Jairus, a synagogue leader, had a, had a daughter who was sick. She was 12 years old, and uh, he, he came to Jesus, and he, and he fell down on his knees, and he said, Master. And for, for a synagogue, for Jew, Jewish ruler, synagogue ruler, to, to say that uh, to, to Jesus was, was amazing. Because some of them were like, they were arguing, okay, is he Messiah? He's not the Messiah. They were trying to figure this Jesus out. Well, he knew that Jesus had the power to heal. So he fell on his knees and said, Master, please heal my daughter. Jesus had compassion on him. Said, yes, lead me. So they're on their way to, to heal his daughter. Crowds are pressing in all around him. And all of a sudden, he stops because he feels power has gone out from him. 
And the reason why is because there is a woman, you know the story. There's a woman who had been sick for 12 years. She had been bleeding for 12 years. And she had crawled on her hands and feet to the bottom of the crowd. And she touched the hem of his garment. And Jesus stopped in his tracks. And we see this in, in Mark chapter 5, verse 30 to 34. And it says this, at once Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. He turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my clothes? Who touched my clothes? Now, you would say, well, gosh, I guess Jesus didn't really know that was going to happen. Or he didn't really know who, was gonna t- who touched his clothes. You could say that. Or you can also say, Jesus knew exactly who touched his clothes. He just wanted that person, this lady, to acknowledge and to make herself known. Either way, Jesus said, who touched my clothes? The disciples said, you see the people crowding against you? His disciples answered. And yet you ask, who touched me? Verse 32. But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. So he's still looking around. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet and trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. He said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. So how did Jesus respond to a change of plans? First of all, we see he embraced, he embraced the change. He embraced the change. Do you know that Jesus could have kept on? I've often wondered that. He, he's walking in a crowd, heading to Jairus' house to heal his daughter, and, he, and there's crowds all around him, and he feels power coming. He's like, oh, hey, somebody just got healed. That's awesome. I'm going to keep going. He could have done that, but he did not. He embraced the change. He stopped. And he's got a, there's a really sick girl he needs to go visit, but he stops, and he looks around, and he embraces the change. He acknowledges the change. He doesn't ignore it. When we face a change of plans, we can embrace a change. Last week, when we had to make a change of plans, I did not want to embrace the change. <laughs> I'd be like, no, no, no. <clears throat> and God's like, oh, we're going to do it. We're going to do it this way. So when plans change in our lives, we don't need to, we don't need to ignore it. We don't need to hide from it. And we don't need to pretend it never happened or, or it's happening so we need to embrace it. Second thing we see, Jesus questioned the situation. Who touched my clothes? He questioned what was going on. This is huge for us. With this story, Jesus gives us the freedom to question the change of plans in our lives. You have the freedom to go before God and say, God, what's going on? What's going on? In fact, I would venture to say sometimes God makes Our plans change just so we can spend time with him and say, God, what's going on? Oh, there you are. (laughs) There you are. It's kind of like when your kids are uh, are playing Xbox all day and you turn off the Xbox, you know, from your phone. We could do that. And then all of a sudden, what happens? They come crawling out of the basement, right? They came crawling out of the basement. Not literally crawling, but they come out of the basement and they hang out with us. We're like, oh, there you are. There you are. That's what Jesus does sometimes. He's like, oh, there you are. God, why is this going on? Why is this happening? Why is there this change of plans? I thought you and I agreed we were going to do this. 
Sometimes God says, well, you agreed. But I want to divert the plan, your plan a little bit. So we can question the situation. And the third thing we see Jesus do, he speaks the peace into the situation. He told her, go in peace. Go in peace. Peace can rise out of any of the change of plans. We can speak peace into that change of plans. And a lot of times that peace is like, when, and again, it's not, it's not really the storm outside like the boat and the disciples. It's the storm inside is the problem. And we will finally see, okay, I surrender. I'm going to go your way. I'm going to go your plan. And the peace that needs to settle down is a peace within inside of us. So where did Jesus learn to get all this this peace when plans change or when storms rise. Well, obviously he learned it from God the Father, okay, number one. But I also think he learned it from Mary. He learned how Mary responded to a change of plans. And we read a little bit of this last week. If you turn to your Bible to Luke chapter 1, verse 26 through 29. Luke chapter 1, verse 26 through 29. We see... That there was a change in plan. And we see this. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel turned to her, told her, do not be afraid. Mary, you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great, and we call the son of the most high God. So Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this may be. What is this? I'm, I'm, I'm being interrupted in my life, and so... Mary showed that, okay, there, there's a little bit of a change of plans. When God interrupts us, his interruptions are often very inconvenient. <laughs> this was not convenient for Mary. Was it convenient for Joseph? They weren't married. Mary was a virgin. They had plans. They were, they were engaged. They were making wedding plans. All of this stuff. And then all of a sudden... God interrupts, and there's a change of plans. There's a plan B. It's really plan A, but it's our plan B, or, or Mary's plan B. Mary, had, Mary was not expecting this at all. Change of plans. Probably the biggest change of plans that we see in ever human history. Whenever Mary was visited by the angel. And he, God's interruptions are always, are often confused as inconvenient interruptions. But the most important principle that we can call, that we can know about this, is that what we call an interruption, God calls an invitation. When we think it's an interruption, God will often say, this isn't an interruption. This is an invitation. This is an invitation but God, you're, 
You're changing the plan. You're changing the plan. What's going on? He's often actually inviting us to something higher, something bigger, something better in our life. Yes, it, it won't be easy. But by his power and his strength, he will provide. But what we think is an interruption of our plans, God is saying, look, this is, this is an invitation. This is that I'm inviting you to do something different than what you had in your mind and your heart. We see this all throughout scripture. Moses, he was in, he was in, the, uh, in, the, uh, in the wilderness. I mean, he was far from Egypt. He was watching sheep. He was a shepherd for 40 years. He was married. This is after he left Egypt. He was married, had kids. Thing was great. Had a 401k. I mean, he is making plans. Everything was good. And then all of a sudden, what happened? Burning bush. Uh, Moses, we have a change of plans. There's a change of plans. And God enabled Moses. Now, Moses may think, oh, this is an interruption to what I have planned. No, it's not an interruption. It's an invitation. Saul, Pharisee, teacher of the law, very, very Jewish. Didn't like this whole Jesus stuff, this Jesus movement. After Jesus was on the earth and, and died and rose again, his disciples were still around. They were still, still spreading the word of Christianity. Christianity was, was spreading like crazy through the power of the Holy Spirit. And it was going to other parts of the world. But Saul didn't like it. He was killing Christians. He was going after them. He was throwing them into prisons. He had the authority to do this. He was young. He was vibrant. And he was going to do this. Those crazy Christians. How dare they mess up what we as Jews have been following along with the law. On his way to Damascus, Jesus showed up. Hey, Saul, there's a change of plans. There's a change of plans. In fact, the plans are so big, I'm going to change your name. Because your name has a reputation of killing people. And I'm going to change your name. You're going to be Paul. And I'm going to show you how much you're going to suffer for spreading the gospel. He said that. He's like, you know, so just like as, as Saul was making Christians suffer, God said, I'm going to put the calling on your life to spread the word so much and the passions in, inside of you is going to be so strong that you're going to do whatever it takes. You're going to, have, you're going to be shipwrecked. You're going to be uh, stoned. You're going to be bit by snakes. You're going to have all of this stuff happen to you. And I'm going to show you how much you're going to suffer for my name. There's a change of plans, bro. And it starts right here, right now. That's, that was a huge interruption. Walking on the road, interruption. Wasn't an interruption. It was an invitation. Paul went on to write the majority of the New Testament that, that really explained our faith. And a lot of them he wrote in prison. And so Jesus was inviting him to something greater. It was an invitation, not an interruption. I believe there are many of us who often shake off God's invitations because they're calling it interruptions to our plans when God really wants to do something new and different 
in our lives. We are often afraid of God's plans. The reason why is because a lot of times they're inconvenient. But the second thing is, is that God's purposes are often different from our plans. His purpose for us is often so different from what we had planned out for ourselves. And we don't like that very much. We see this in verse 31 to 33 of, of Luke chapter 1. It said, you, this angel, you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. You're going to give birth to the Son of God, Mary. The Son of God. He will be the Savior of the world. God interrupts her with an invitation that disturbs her plan and reveals God's purpose. Mary had a plan, planning a wedding. That's, that's, a, that's, a, big, that's a big thing in life. And ask any girl. They all dream about their wedding day. She had big plans. God interrupted it. You say, what a mean God. That's so mean, interrupting that but if he wouldn't have done that in, in that way and, and be born of a virgin, there, there, there's no way that he could have been born in this world without sin and could have died for us. He had to happen that way. And it had to happen that way, and, and he chose Mary to do that. And so it disturbs her. And, and so just like the heavens are higher than the earth, God's purposes are higher than our ways. His purposes are bigger than our plans. We see this in Isaiah 55, verse 8 and 9. It says this, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. His ways are higher than our ways. You know, I don't know how this will play, play out in your life. I don't know how this could play out in your life. When, when, when your plans get interrupted with an invitation and it's, it's really about God's purpose over your plans, there have been, there have been friends of ours who've gone through lots of this. Where, whether it could be, for example, a special needs child. There, you could have dreamed of a, of a, of a family, of a, of a healthy family, and you find a child who's going to be born with special needs. And it rocks your world. You may ask questions. Why us? How, how can this be? What, did we do? what do we do? You have no idea the blessing that this child is going to be. And it's going to bring you closer to God and well up more love within your heart than you ever even dreamed of. Because his purposes may be different than your plans. Another one could be loss of a job. You may lose a job and be like, oh great, this is the worst thing ever. How am I going to be provided, providing for my family? How am I going to pay for the bills? And then suddenly you have no other option but to maybe start something that you've really been wanting to do. Maybe start a business. 
Maybe start, maybe something that it's a hobby that you really love doing so much that you're like, you know what, I'm going to turn this into a money-making business. And you do, and, and later on down the road, years later, you look back and you say, man, I'm so glad that God took that job away from me. God allowed that job to leave my life. Why? So I could do this. Something that I love to do every day. Interruption is really an invitation to God's purpose, which is greater than your plan. We see Mary's response. Mary's response in verse 34, Luke chapter one. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? In other words, it's totally impossible. What are you talking about? It's totally impossible, it's beyond impossible. It's absurd. This can't happen. It's almost like if the angel Gabriel visited me at night and said, Frank, you are going to win the Masters. Now, if you don't know what the Masters is, the Masters is like the epitome, the the pinnacle of all golf tournaments, okay? I, well, I used to have a set of golf clubs and I gave them to one of my sons um, who who wants to learn how to play golf. But, you know, when I had a pair of golf clubs, uh, I would use them once every two years when someone would invite me on the golf course. And then some people I noticed, they stopped inviting me. <laughs> and the reason why is because it's a joke. I can't, I, I, I just don't play golf really well. I just don't, I, would, I think I would like to do it. But, you know, it takes half my day and, and, and half the money in my checking account, you know, to do that. And, and I, just, I just never really made it their priority. But if an angel said, you are going to win the Masters, I would say to that angel, that's impossible. That is impossible. Now, it's probably more possible in human eyes for that than than a a virgin being able to bear a child without being with another man. But we can look at situations in our life and we could say, there's no way this is going to happen. You could have a, a, an impossible situation. There will be a time where God is going to interrupt you with the invitation to something different. And his purpose is going to be different than your plan. His purpose is going to be different than your plan. You have your plan Interruption, which is really an invitation to do something that is his purpose. Your plan gets, gets put on hold. And God will often call you to do that. And it's just gonna, it's just gonna flip your, your world. And, and initially it could, be, it could bring a lot of angst and anxiety but what Jesus is going to, what his purpose is, he wants to settle you down. So just settle down like the storm on the sea. Settle down. I'll take care of the outside storm. But invite me to take care of also the storm that's raising, raising, raging inside of you. So we see the angel's response there in 35 through 37. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who said to be unable to conceive and is in her sixth month. 
For no word from God will ever fail. Nothing is impossible with God. No word from God. If you receive a word from God, it's not going to fail. It's not going to fail. Now, it may not happen immediately. Obviously, in this case, it did. But no word from God is going to fail. What, what this angel was saying is basically this. Nothing is impossible to God. And the outcome is really God's responsibility. The angel said, look, you don't, you don't need to worry about this. I mean, this is how it's going to happen, Mary. You know, you're going to conceive. The Holy Spirit's going to come on you. He's like, what? What, is, what are you talking about? Don't worry about that. Just, I, just, I, need, I just need you to obey. Just, just go with the plan. Okay? Just go with the plan. Just need you to obey. I'm going to take care of it all. I'm, as God would say, I'm taking care of it all. The outcome is God's responsibility. Outcome is always and only God's responsibility. Obedience is yours. You may say, what's going to happen? How are we going to do this? How's it going? No, 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 no. Nope. Outcome is his responsibility. All you're due, all you are to do, all we are to do is just obey and trust. When our plans change, a lot of times those plans will bring something that will shake us up so much in our life. I have here a Christmas snow globe. Now, if you can uh, see this, it's, it's got a house, church, and it's got um, a lot of snow, and it's really nice. But this snow globe really isn't fulfilling its, its purpose. In order for the snow globe to, to fulfill its purpose, it's got to be shaken up. It's got to be shaken up. And it's even more beautiful. See, our lives were meant to fulfill God's purpose. And God's purpose is going to be beauty in your life. But guess what? In order for you to get to this point, you got to be shaken. You got to be shaken. Your plans, your plans have got to be interrupted. And then your life would display even more beauty with his purpose. Now, if you're sitting here today, it's like, I don't know if I can give God my life on that. I pray that you would. Whether you're listening or watching online, I'm talking to everyone, every one of us. I know it's a little scary for storms to rage, as we talked about last week, for our plans to be interrupted. But we, we just got to trust in God and know that his purpose is more beautiful than our plans. And his interruption is really an invitation to take you to amazing places.
Would you bow your head and close your eyes at this moment as we close out the service? And if you're sitting here today or watching online and you have not given Jesus your life, like I'm holding this snow globe right now, he wants to hold you. He wants to hold your life. And even when things shake, he's got you. He's got you. But if you've never given him your life, you could do that right now by simply saying, Jesus, I want to follow you. I I don't know exactly what that means, but I, I want to follow you. So I surrender my life to you. I I place my life in your hands. You can say that right now. I place my life in your hands. Please forgive me my sins. Please come into my life. Be Lord of my life. And make my life beautiful. No matter what happens. And if you're sitting here today, maybe, maybe you're in a season where you feel like, oh goodness, that plans have changed. Your life is just being shaken up. Just tell God right now, I, I trust you. I yield my plans to your purpose. I yield my plans to your purpose and I accept your invitation. Give me strength to follow you. In Jesus' name, amen. I hope this uh, was able to speak to you as it's spoken to me as well. And uh, you don't want to miss next week. We have uh, one more Sunday, a regular Sunday, uh, where we're talking about missing peace. And, um, and then the following Sunday, two weeks from today, we are not meeting. That's Christmas Eve. Two weeks from today, we're not meeting at a normal time at 11, but we are meeting at 5 o'clock, okay? I need you to start inviting some friends and family members to come there at 5 o'clock, Christmas Eve service. Uh, we will have um, candlelights and carols. It's going to be very exciting, all of that stuff, but you don't want to miss out. And we only have, we only have one more week of, of stacking chairs, so we need to do that this week if you don't, guys don't mind. So we need stacking 10 high, and I uh, hope to see you guys next Sunday. Thank you. Love you guys.